Steve. And so we thought it would be fitting to ask the following question. Does this need gravy? About a myriad of topics within BYU's teams. And we'll discuss whether or not we'd like to see BYU play the arch nemesis Utah on Thanksgiving weekend to close out the season every year. Plus my one-on-one -on -one with BYU running back Aiden Robbins to preview the Cougars' last chance to get bowl eligible at Oklahoma State. Let's play a little Know the Foe Cowboy edition. Plus, does men's hoops need to go 2-0 in Vegas this weekend? And the latest bracketology, BYU's in, but where does Joey Brackets have the Cougs in late November? And what Thanksgiving foods are which BYU teams? Let's just say men's volleyball is my pumpkin pie. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, November 22nd. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who hates no Thanksgiving food. Or does he? Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I don't know that there's one that I, I'm just full of uh, gratitude. Uh, so no, I, I don't. I don't think I hate a Thanksgiving food, but according to terrible maps on X, uh, <laughs> Utah doesn't like green bean casserole. What? Utah? I this I can't be accurate. It's a casserole in Utah. This is a casserole town and uh, state. So yeah, uh, who doesn't like turkey? Oregon and Idaho and Vermont. That's weird. Uh, cranberry sauce, no go for uh, Texas, California, Washington, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin. What? I've never been more in line what? with Texas. I no, am not a cranberry no sauce cran person. Yeah, it's pretty tart, right? It's just like not I, for me. It's not, I've yeah. never understood the whole cranberry sauce craze at Thanksgiving. Like, I love the zo uh, zombie song, but, I, you know, that's the only cranberry thing I love, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I can't get on board for cranberry sauce. I've tried multiple times. Can't do it! You don't have to. This is America. You know who absolutely disagrees with the whole green bean casserole being the most hated food in the state of Utah at Thanksgiving is BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope. On the postgame show on Saturday night, I asked him about his favorite Thanksgiving foods, and this came up. I rarely make it to dessert because I eat so much green bean casserole. I'm sorry, what? It's his you number one. You rarely make he, it to dessert. He doesn't eat dessert because wow. of the green bean casserole. That's the other extreme here. Now, I should add the caveat that it's his wife Leanne's specific dish and her specialty, apparently, in the Pope home. Nice. So you got that. That's All nice. right. Uh, anybody hungry? I am. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. There's only one way to celebrate Thanksgiving Eve on BYU Sports Nation and do so appropriately in what's trending, and that is to take topics surrounding BYU sports and in a way related to Thanksgiving food. And so we're asking the question, is this topic or BYU sports thing good as is, or does it need a great some gravy a lot of gravy yeah, yeah. i need gravy, gravy on a lot of okay. things uh huge brown gravy fan all right let's start with this one keaton slovis starting at quarterback at oklahoma state does this need gravy or is it good as is jerem freaking love gravy dude uh yes it needs gravy it needs a run game mm. and it needs explosiveness okay keaton uh has had some moments where he's been really good but he hasn't uh, he's, he's thrown for sub 500, five, uh, 200 yards, five times. He hasn't been north of 160 efficiency versus any FBS team. 
But hey, two touchdown passes versus four power fives, and those were part of wins, right? Keaton Slovis was the guy when BYU got out to the 4-1, and 5-2 and two start. Yeah. And that experience and that quality uh, on short fields because BYU was taking the ball away in those wins uh, was good. But you have to be able to run the ball with Keaton. We have not seen this combination yet, a Keaton Slovis run offense where he is good in the pass game, good enough, right? Um, but no run game there. So, yeah, I would say there, there is some gravy required there. Okay. Put this little turkey feather in your cap, all right? Keaton Slovis, while he was healthy, unbeaten. Unbeaten as the BYU starting quarterback. I know, Sam Houston, Southern Utah. But did beat Arkansas on the road and was very opportunistic. And more importantly, he, I mean, he typically just takes really good care of the ball. And you said it. He was the quarterback in BYU's 4-1 and one and 5-2. Yeah. and two. I know yeah. that the schedule was different, and it was not nearly as difficult in the front seven as it has been in the last four games and certainly won't be in the back five. But Keaton Slovis is pretty good as is. However, there are a few dry bits of turkey in there, and you just need gravy to compensate for that. I don't really like turkey without gravy. So you're just it's gravy just all this straight yeah, up. I just need straight. I might just consume straight gravy, like just drink it. Okay. So I'm with Taco you. Taco Bell mild sauce, A1 sauce. Oh. I said it yesterday, I, and I, I hope that the gravy is good, but the gravy has to be BYU's offensive line, not only doing well in pass protection if Keaton Slovis is the quarterback, but finally establishing a, a competent run game if yeah. he is the quarterback. Are they capable of doing that? There were a few moments, a few – splash plays with L.J. Martin, but for the most part, it's been, a, it's been a stagnant running game when Keaton Slovis has been the quarterback. So the yeah. gravy to me is, can the offensive line protect and get that thing going if he's the QB? And then you got to be explosive. Like, you can't just – like, if Keaton Slovis comes in, you got to be pushing the ball down the field. Let's go. Okay, Jake Retzloff, a starting quarterback, does it need gravy? Listen, he's got a cornucopia of talents, Jerem. Okay. I just saw the Hunger Games prequel. Pretty good. <laughs> Speaking of cornucopia. <laughs> He's got a lot of good things going for him. Yeah. But the gravy here, this might be, uh, <laughs> yeah, it needs gravy in the form of taking care of the ball. Totally. You just you can't turn the ball over five times, especially when the defense isn't creating turnovers. And yeah. it's been a minus six turnover differential in the last two games for BYU. Woof. Against Iowa State and Oklahoma. And Jake has been himself responsible for five of those turnovers, three alone against Oklahoma. Just take away one of those turnovers against the Sooners, especially the pick six. You take away the pick six on the one-yard line, I believe with my heart of hearts that BYU is bowl eligible and six and four, and the Oklahoma State game is, wait for it, all gravy. It doesn't matter what happens yeah. at that point. Yeah. But we are here. So the gravy to me clearly is, yeah, you got to sprinkle on uh, ball security there, uh, pour on ball security there, if you will. Yeah. yeah, it needs gravy. you got to take care of the ball. If you want to lose, give it away. That, unfortunately, has been an overwhelming trend for BYU football all season long. Okay, next question. BYU's run game, as we saw it against Oklahoma specifically, does this need any gravy if it continues on against Oklahoma State? The gravy was Jake Retzloff because he gained 59 yards. He also lost 30 yards. There were, you know, sacks in there and whatnot. Uh so he is he was the gravy. Um, if you start Keaton Slovis, you lose that element. Um, I, I believe that you need to start Jake Retzloff just because it gives you the best shot. BYU's best game played, you could argue, is Arkansas. You could also argue it was last week. Uh, I believe, uh, I, well, everyone believes Oklahoma much better than Arkansas. Let's just say it was Oklahoma. 
BYU's best performance. You start that same guy. All right. And you've had the continuity of the offense and the play calling and the line used to Jake. You start Jake and you have a you have a shot against Oklahoma State. If you start Keaton, you also have a shot, but you're just limiting the run game a little bit. If you want BYU's run game to look like it did against Oklahoma, and it continues against Oklahoma State, I honestly I don't think it needs any great. I think just as is, as currently constituted, Aiden Robbins went for 182 against Oklahoma. Now here's the deal. Yeah, I know you don't like the turnovers from Jake Retzloff. Who does? But when he is the quarterback, automatically, because you have to respect his ability to run the ball, there are one or two fewer defenders in the box. By necessity, you just you can't stack the box against Jake Retzloff with that BYU run game. You have to protect the edges. And so guess what works? Middle zone for Aiden Robbins to run off huge chunks. So if the offensive line does their job and gets a block, he finds a gap and goes for 25 yards, which we saw him do multiple times against Oklahoma. Yeah, well, it's worked in one game. You want guys outside of the box? Then you start Jake Retzloff at quarterback. And if it shows up like it did against Oklahoma, I I mean, I'm not going to ask for more. I'm good. That's a perfectly cooked, tender, melt-in-your-mouth type turkey right there. So I need no gravy in that regard. Who are you calling turkey? The BYU defense showed, uh, showed up against Oklahoma. Does it need gravy against Oklahoma State? I think you're going to agree with me on this one. Yes. It needs a, a, yeah. a pinch of salt in the gravy. The gravy is a little bland uh, in the form of forcing a turnover. BYU's defense needs to come up with a big play at, in, at some point against Oklahoma, especially on the road. It needs to be multiple, Spence. Uh, it might need to be two or three. Jaron, BYU's 0-6 when they lose the turnover margin yeah. and 5-0 and when they win the turnover margin. Can it get more plain than that? Yeah, well, I mean, you can say, you can say, uh, you know, 0 and 6 when you, yeah, just you don't win the turn. Like there, there was a tie against TCU, but that had nothing to do with the margin. Yeah. <sighs> By the way, TCU has a losing record, so <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't believe it comes down to one takeaway. I, I think it might have to be like three, dude. It might have to be a bunch. Like this BYU offense is not good enough to overcome just a straight-up fight with Oklahoma State. Like, I wish they were. They need takeaways. Yes, that is the gravy. Yeah, for they the need defense. takeaways. And I'm not trying to bash on the offense. I'm saying that's the formula for how BYU has won this year, so do it. Okay. It was pretty good. I mean, the defense was pretty good against Oklahoma. They did, they did some nice things. They were physical. It was they, good enough to keep you in the game. Like, you gave up 31, right? The, the giveaways didn't help sure. you. But, like, yeah, they, they played all things considered. Yes, but Let, you, can't, say, you, can't, you can't put 31 up on the board and be like, everything's great. It's like, no, you gotta, you got to be low 20s to give this well, offense a shot. isn't it 24, really, because the pick six counts as seven? Yeah, well, make whatever argument you want with the giveaways, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, just trying to be fair to the defense. Like, okay, they 20, give up 24, 24, 24. But this yeah. offense is not good enough to make you feel like, okay, uh, that's, that's fine. It's like, no, you probably need to keep a team under, like, under 24 and have multiple takeaways. Does BYU? He's not explosive enough on offense to overcome that. Would winning the turnover margin by at Oklahoma State by one be enough for BYU? I don't think so. I think All it right. needs to be two or three. Okay. Like Oklahoma State is significantly better than BYU. You have to do something different. Yeah. Top 20 team, by the way. New college football playoff rankings. The Cowboys are right at number 20. Okay, let's Good move for out. Them. Let's move outside of football for the next two questions, beginning with BYU women's volleyball. 
If they just win to close out the season, regardless of how they win, could yep. be five sets, could be ugly, but if they if they just win, will that be good enough to host in the NCAA tournament if they win out, regardless of how it looks, and, or does it need some gravy? It needs some gravy, and I don't know what that looks like, but BYU's 15th in RPI. They're right on the cusp. BYU 12-1 at home, 6-5 and five in true road games. That uh, that is stark difference. So we'll see. Obviously, you got to beat West Virginia tonight. You got to win at TCU Saturday, and even then, you still may not host. I hope BYU does though. Does BYU need Kansas to lose? Do they need some other teams to lose? That's kind of where my mind went Im immediately. Was like, perhaps maybe they need some teams that are above them in RPI. Kansas is playing Cincinnati. They're not going to lose. Okay, so Kansas is going to win. So maybe it's a, a team or two from another conference that's right in that same area with BYU in the RPI conversation. They need to lose, yeah. have a bad loss, and then maybe that bumps the Cougars up to the 16 seed and they're hosting. West Virginia is the worst RPI in the Big 12, so it's not going to help. Shoot. Okay, last yeah. but not least, women's soccer gets to the College Cup, let's say. Let's say they beat North Carolina mm -hmm. on Friday. Mm -hmm. But they don't win the Natty. Mm -hmm. Does this need gravy, or is it good enough? To me, this is good enough. Amen. And here's Get to the College here's Cup. Here's why. Because BYU's, I mean, the, their Achilles heel uh, in the last decade in, in this very scenario has been North Carolina. Like, North Carolina beat BYU in this exact same scenario in 2012. What they, if I told you? They came to Provo as the lower seed and won to go to the College Cup. BYU's not special in that regard. What if I told you that North Carolina has gone to the Elite Eight 33 times, Amazing. and they have only lost that game twice? It's crazy. Crazy! <laughs> they have only lost that game twice! BYU Holy crap. is the home team and the number one seed. So, if, And then, obviously, they lost to North Carolina last year in the Sweet 16. Texas Tech was really good, right? Like, tied BYU at home, regular season champs. Texas Tech had seven shots against North Carolina. None were on frame. North Carolina is friggin' good. Yep. Okay? This is going to be a battle, but BYU can win it at home. They can. It's going to be a battle, if though. If they beat North Carolina and, and finally solve the Tar Heels in this very scenario and exercise the Demons of 2012, good enough for me. Drum up the Tar. Yes. Absolutely. Drum up the Tar. Let's go. Topic two. Do you want to play Utah football this week, every year, starting next year? Why would BYU not want to play Utah during rivalry weekend? This is rivalry weekend in college football. It's not the week before Thanksgiving. It's the Saturday or the Friday after Thanksgiving. I don't want a Black Friday BYU-Utah game, though. No. Saturday. Yeah, that's weird. Let's put it on Saturday. 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 Yes, yeah. th this, is, this is the appropriate place for this game. Would you say this is the place? I would say Meaning this is the place. Thanksgiving for both week. of these teams yeah. in the state of Utah, Thanksgiving week. But Colorado, won't they keep no, that rivalry? No. <laughs> yes. I don't see how this yeah. isn't, isn't the deal. Yeah. Right? Good, good convo. Yep. Next. Okay. Our question of the day. In the traditional Thanksgiving meal, we're just full of Thanksgiving puns and ideas today. Wolf. Which BYU team on campus represents each food at the table. <laughs> I love this question. Okay. I can't wait to hear what people say. Let's go. At Texas Vandy 14 on X, Turkey? Texas Vandy? Which team do you like? BYU football, they say. Get excited for it yearly, then it isn't as good as you remember. Boo! No! And you smother no. it with gravy. No! <laughs> we love it, even though it struggles. They continue. Yes. Pie. BYU volleyball. Both? Both. Tried and tested. Great most years. Rarely disappoints. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> in the NSA tournament, there are times where it's hard, but. 
Aunt we love Sally's them. We love them. dessert. BYU, Aunt Sally. BYU women's soccer. Okay. Didn't know you loved it so much until you tried it. Now, I feel like uh, th that's well cogitated. I feel like volleyball is the dessert for a lot of BYU fans. To me, there's two types of BYU fans. The one that know about volleyball and the ones that don't. Okay. Like anyone that's been to the Smithfield house and watched men or women's game, they're like, this is unbelievable. Where has this been my whole life? Yeah. Like that's Aunt Sally's dessert. For sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're like, oh yeah, Aunt Sally's the best, dude. I don't really want to talk to her during the year, but she brings those pies. At Spencer J. Blake answers on X. Turkey, BYU football, the main dish that grabs the eyeballs and the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Consensus, turkey. Right? Ham, BYU women's soccer. Its Ooh, dominance ham. puts it at a level above a mere side dish. Mm -hmm. Not what everyone likes to eat, but its fans really love it. I would put volleyball and soccer kind of together in the, like, BYU fans. Where's men's hoops in this conversation, by the way? I would say, to me, men's hoops is ham. Slash turkey. Okay. It's like... Close. Okay. It's not quite football to most people, <laughs> but it's close. And I just love basketball. Like, I, that's the only sport I consistently still play is okay. basketball. I'm not out there playing football. Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. Yeah, yeah. hey, good response so far. Keep so them coming. So, for me, right now, BYU men's basketball is the dish that you show up at the table and look at and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then you take a bite and you're like, Oh my gosh! At least thus far, this is this is absolutely delicious. I was totally expecting something else, and this is amazing. It's the surprise dish oh, for me. Oh, because of how they're performing, yes. not where its place in your fandom. It is. Gotcha. BYU men's basketball is the surprise dish at the Thanksgiving table that is so much better than maybe you thought it was going to be when you sat down. Hey, so far so good. Let's go. Let's keep it going. BYU SN game day is Saturday, so we get you ready for BYU and Oklahoma State, 1:30 Eastern. Featuring guest analyst Bronson Kafusi. He's back, baby. Up next, my one-on-one -on -one with BYU running back Aiden Robbins. Thanksgiving foods were absolutely on topic, as well as what type of run game he expects to show up against Oklahoma State and how much the bowl game and potential of that is on his mind. This is BYU Sports Nation. so much beauty in that run game for BYU on Saturday. The uniforms, the whole getup, and certainly 182 yards for Aiden Robbins. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, and that video is a perfect precursor to my conversation with BYU's running back as the Cougars gear up for what they hope is win number six and finally clinch bowl eligibility. One-on-one -on -one with Aiden Robbins on BYUSN. Aiden, looking back on the 182-yard performance you had against Oklahoma, what did you learn in that experience that makes you feel like maybe BYU's found something in the run game late in the season? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it just—it really was just a result of execution, um, practicing hard, man, and doing what we're supposed to do. And you know, that's that—that that right there is our brand of football. That's our offense. That's that's how we that's how we play, man. And you know, it just really came full circle on Saturday. What was that like emotionally for you? Because not only did you break out statistically, but I think everybody watching you saw you go next level. You know, whether you're screaming after each run and you're running through people, what was that like for you? Uh, kind of made me feel like myself, man. I mean, 
just being patient through everything. Um, you know, I've dealt with a lot of adversity, especially this year, let alone my career, man. And I always, you know, I never, I never lost confidence in myself and what I could do. And, um, you know, I just kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. And then, you know, eventually it just, it comes, man. I mean, obviously you're not on, you're not on your time, you're on God's time. And then, you know, whenever that comes, it, it, it is what it is. You just gotta be ready when your number's called. So what happened against Oklahoma that makes you feel like you can do that against Oklahoma State in Stillwater as well? Just execution, man. I mean, everyone doing their 111. Um, you know, the line doing their job, the receivers doing their job, QB making the right reads. I mean, it, take, it takes everyone, man. It's not, it's not a one-man show. It's not basketball where one guy can go out and drop 50 points. Um, you know, everyone has to be on point, and everyone has to execute their job in order for the whole thing to work. Without a doubt, Jake Retzloff can run around there, and defenses have to respect his ability to run. So how did that impact your ability to run as well? Yeah, tremendously, man. Um, ever since Jake's kind of came into the picture, Defenses have had to respect him in the run game. Um, you know, it takes one, maybe two guys out of the box and, you know, opens up a lane for me and a gap where if he wasn't to pull it or if they didn't respect his run, there would be a defender there. Um, so, yeah, Jake, you know, Jake being that quarterback has definitely opened up the run game. A lot of fans, because they are fans, they wonder, okay, final game, two quarterbacks, is Keaton going to play, is Jake going to play? I'm not, not asking you to answer that question, but <laughs> how does your role shift based on who the quarterback is? It really doesn't, if I'm being honest with you. Um, you know, I still have a job to do, uh, regardless of who's in there. It's just just different personnel. You got to know your personnel. Obviously, you know, I have to maybe do things slightly different if Jake's in there versus if Keaton's in there. So, because, you know, they're not the same person. They, they have different play styles or whatever. And, yeah, but my job remotely stays the same. One final chance for you as a team to go and pick up win number six and an opportunity to do it against a team that's ranked in the top 20 and trying to get into the Big 12 championship game. What do you make of this opportunity in Stillwater? Man, that's a big opportunity. Um, this, is, this is why you come to BYU, man, to play in games like this, to play in the Big 12 conference, you know, week in and week out. There's, there's no weeks off, man. I mean, every game, every single week we're playing someone who could be in the top 25 or is in the top 25. It's one or the other or has been in the top 25. So, um, you know, it's a tremendous opportunity, and we're ready. I feel like we're ready. We respect all of our opponents, and we just it all starts with practice. We come out, we practice hard, and um, just making sure we're prepared to win on Saturday. What have you learned about yourself in this specific journey in Provo at BYU through the course of the ups and downs of this season? Um, just honestly, I'm really hard on myself, man. And um, sometimes I, you know, I got to lay in my bed at night and be like, man, God bless me with the characteristic of being resilient. Um, you know, just through everything, man. I mean, not even just the BYU, just other stuff I've dealt with, um, not even pertaining to football, just still coming out of practice. Um, you know, it's something happened to me today at, at home. You know, I can't discuss, but I still got to come out with a smile on my face and, you know, practice hard because it's other people counting on me. And, um, yeah, man, just, just being resilient and, and being persistent through the process. That's an incredible perspective. Are you sure you're still college-aged? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> right on, man. Okay, uh, again, in, in the final game, um, how much pressure do you put on yourself and maybe the team on itself to, to go out and, and find a way in Stillwater? How much is that sixth win in the back of your mind? Man, I mean, it's huge, um, but there's, there's no pressure, man. Um, you know, ultimately, when you, when you, you know, good preparation and opportunity, you know, when you're ready, then you're ready to, to, to do what you're supposed to do. And so that's why I feel like there's no pressure. 
because we're preparing, you know, in the right in the right way, and um, just we just gotta go out and execute at the end of the day. You've watched plenty of film on Oklahoma State. You know what they're gonna try and do defensively. They're multiple. How are they unique? And and maybe ha has there been a defense that you've seen that's like Oklahoma State's previous this season? Oh yeah, for sure. We've played a couple defenses that kind of have a similar structure to what Oklahoma State does uh, defensively. Um, you know, just as far as pressures, fronts, and uh, various linebacker alignments. So I feel like you know we've we're kind of experienced in what they do with their three through five defense. Uh, um, we're prepared to attack it. Let's say that BYU goes out there and you're in a situation where it's like the Oklahoma game. It's it's close. What did you learn in the Oklahoma game? that will help you if you get into a similar situation against Oklahoma State? Uh, that's tough. Um, it's a four-quarter game, man. It is a four-quarter game. Uh, going into Oklahoma, we knew it was going to be a battle. We knew that's not a team you're just going to steamroll over. I mean, it's it's Oklahoma, man. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's all 60 minutes. Be ready to battle all 60 minutes. Uh, each quarter, we just kind of had to talk to ourselves, you know, keep each other up. Um, going into locker room at halftime, you know, let everybody know it's 30 minutes left. It's 30 minutes left. You know, lay it all out on the line, man. This could be some of the guys last time playing at home. And, um, man, just give it give it your all. You want to look back in your life 30 years from now and just be like, man, I remember my last time playing at LES, and I just remember I gave it all. We might have lost, but I remember I gave it all. I'm ready to go. All right, let, let's, go, let's go do this. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week, and so naturally i got to ask you, what's your go-to Thanksgiving dish? See, look, <laughs> I don't want to say mac and cheese. Obviously, I feel like mac and cheese is the, the answer everyone's going to give you. I love mac and cheese, but I'm going I'm to go with collard greens. Man. I'm going to go with a different side. I'm going to go with a different side. Okay. Um, obviously, like I said, everyone loves mac and cheese. Everyone loves a good – it depends on who's making the turkey, too. It, <laughs> it totally depends on who's making the turkey. But um, I'm, I'm going to say collard greens. That's probably my second favorite side. That's a healthy option, Aiden. That's, a, that's another mature answer here. Uh, <laughs> dessert, do you have a favorite dessert on Thanksgiving? I'm a cookies and brownies type of guy. But, look, I like, I like pies, though. I like pies and cheesecakes. Not a huge fan of, like, cakes with icing. I'm not, I don't really like icing and, and all that stuff. But okay. a good, a good, maybe a – I like pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie, apple pie, <laughs> chest pie. Uh – I don't know, someone making good brownies. Um, Coach Harvey's wife makes great brownies. She puts Oreos in them. Man, like, yeah. So that's probably that's that's probably my go-to dessert right there. Great stuff, Aiden. We appreciate the time uh, and wish you a happy Thanksgiving week. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go out and ball out in Stillwater. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. See y'all on uh, Saturday. Get this man some collard greens. Let's go. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> Hey, all that sounds uh, delicious. Let's go. Okay, Cougar Pregame Live. Uh, you can uh, get ready for this big one between BYU and Oklahoma State. Saturday, 1.30 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Gosh dang it, I want to see that big smile after a BYU win on Saturday. That'd be awesome. Come on! Go. Up next, more BYU basketball. They continue to surprise, and they're surprising Joe Lenardi even. Are the Cougars in his latest bracketology? Are they good enough to get there? We'll tell you after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on the socials, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's get to today's headlines. 
You're three days away from the final regular season game. Final chance of becoming bowl eligible. Come on, man! At Oklahoma State, Aaron Roderick says, which quarterback is the start? Not yet, and we're not going to announce it anyway because we'd like to, uh, you know, make them have to prepare for both guys. I talked to a couple guys from the OU staff that said that that was a challenge last week, having two different game plans for two different QBs, and so we're going to try to keep them guessing this week. Ryder Burton it is. Uh, defensive coordinator Jay Hill was asked about how to stop the Cowboys running back Ollie Gordon II, who is leading the nation in rushing. He's a great running back, leads the nation, at least they tell me he does. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he's gone for a ton of yards. He's actually a really good receiver, too. He's had a couple of huge receiving games, a couple of really huge running games. Um, two games this year where he almost went 300 yards two different times. So, we got our work cut out for us. Love a good chuckle. Uh, that was great. Uh, Pre-game coverage for Saturday's game. 1.30 Eastern on both BYU TV and BYU Red. What if there are specific packages for both quarterbacks to play? Let's go. Cougars in the NFL on Thanksgiving specifically. Fred Warner and the 49ers see at the Seahawks. Yep. Zane Anderson and the Green Bay Packers take on the Red Hot, and I can't believe I'm going to finish the sentence with Detroit Lions, oh, who are 8-2. Dax Milne's Commanders take on the Dallas Cowboys, also red hot. Men's basketball plays the first of two games in Vegas this weekend. Tomorrow night on Turkey Night. Everybody's going to be sleeping, though, because Turkey makes you go to sleep. Against Arizona State, midnight Eastern, pregame on BYU Radio at 11 Eastern. BYU plays NC State or Vanderbilt Friday. And Joe Lenardi has BYU as an 11 yes! seed. And one of his last four teams with a bye in his latest bracketology. Congratulations, BYU has made it to March Madness. Oh, not just in, on not November twenty second. Not just last four in. Last four with a bye. With a bye, bye, bye. Let's go. I saw trolls yesterday. Strong in sync vibes, bro. I, it was good. I it was fun. can't wait to see it. It was fun. <laughs> Boy bands for life. BYU women's basketball. Beat up on St. Louis last night, 87-66 to win the North Shore Showcase and improve to 5-0 on the season. Cougars had four players in double figures. Emma Calvert with a career-high 22 points. Kaylee Woolston with 19. Amari Whiting finished with 16. And Lauren Gustin had 14 points and 12 rebounds. Woolston named the MVP of the event. She's shooting 58% from the three-point line on the season, 19 for 33. And Lauren Gustin was also named to the All-Tournament team. Number 16, women's volleyball at West Virginia tonight, 6 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Cougars wrap up the regular season Saturday at TCU. Cougars did not get a, uh, any favors from the schedule on uh, Thanksgiving week. Serious. Traveling all week. And finally, former BYU women's soccer star Michelle Vasconcelos signs with the Utah Royals. Hey! All right, so we told you that might happen yesterday. Michaela Clough Coulihan and Michelle Vasconcelos, both former BYU stars, now back playing with the Utah Royals in the NWSL. Ashley Hatch, what are you? Uh, what's your contract? Yeah, what's Cam Tucker? Uh, Cam doing Tucker, well? uh, what's going on? Katie Larkin, uh, can you come play again? I laughed out loud when Jeremy sang this morning. I'm going, bring her home. Yeah, bring, bring them all back, man. Let's go. <laughs> Utah Royals, basically a BYU team. Let's go. Vasconcelos left Portland and is back in Utah. Yeah. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I can, uh, you know, relate to Michelle, Portland to Utah. Let's go. How much of a competitive advantage is it to not name a starting quarterback until Saturday? It's something. I'm not really sure how to quantify that. Well, it gives BYU a 7% greater chance to beat Oklahoma State by not naming a starting quarterback. I have no idea. But it does feel 
like some type of competitive advantage because the two quarterbacks are so different. Yeah. It's just that much more to prepare for and have to try and remember in the moment where it's like, that's why I'm like, if Keaton Slovis is out there for a couple of plays, almost like the Saints do with Derek Carr and Taysom Hill. Well, like if BYU did that, it's like, oh, okay, uh, what, what are we gonna do? Because we still have to respect that Jake Retzloff can throw, but when he's really good as a runner, like he's gonna hand it off. Like it's a triple option threat. And so I, I just hope BYU shows a bunch of different looks. It's something, It's I don't know how to quantify it though. I'd prepare for Jake if I was Oklahoma State. He started the last three games and we hadn't seen Keaton Slovis yet. And if Keaton's suddenly out there, does BYU take advantage in, in some massive way? I don't know. Yeah. Oklahoma State's defense is not good. I can tell you that much. They give up a lot of yards. So it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, like, or can BYU, whoever the quarterback is, exploit that defense? I don't know. All right, next question. For BYU men's basketball, is it two wins or bust for the Cougars at the Vegas Showcase? Or bust for what? Getting ranked? Uh, probably. But, or bust? No, uh, BYU's going to, so BYU plays in the Big 12. They're going to have a lot of tough games. Yes. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> It's way too early to say bust on anything. Bust for what? Especially when you're 4 0 and you've for already the Hall of Fame? What are we San talking? Diego State. But it it would keep BYU doesn't win both games in Vegas, they won't be nationally ranked. And if they don't win both games in Vegas, they're probably outside of Joe Denardi's bracketology. And maybe they fall out of Andy Katz's power 36 oh, and all no. those things. Oh, like, no. So if you like those metrics and you yeah. like those things, then Fun. yeah, it, sure. it, it, BYU's got to win both games to stay in those. But it's not a bust. Yeah, it's going to be okay, Cougar fans. Uh, Maryland's AD said that Power 5 conferences will likely split from the NCAA in the next five years. We've heard this from uh, Kyle Whittingham. I talked to Bronco Mendenhall like a month ago. He felt the same way. What do you make of this? Uh, prove it. <laughs> That's what I make like, of it. Do it? Like, do it. Yeah. I, Show I, me we, now. We've heard for a long time, like, with. oh, they're positioning to make a separation. It's been, it's been conversations been happening for almost a decade now. Like, okay, how much closer are we? Like, do we have significant evidence that this is happening or that we're closer to it? Maybe. We have more rumble. Like, there are some tremors. Rum There's rumbling. There are tremors for the potential. Like, okay, here. just I'm, great. Do it. That's where I stand with this. What does it take to do it? Like, what is the expansion was contingent on TV contracts? Is it just? Is it crazy legalese? Is it just? The universities banding together to say, yeah, we're leaving? We're forming our own organization, and here's all and the legal it, documentation. And is it football only? Because you could keep all the other sports in the NCI, I would think. Yeah, like, March, they all benefit from March Madness. By the March way, Madness. March Madness goes away, right, to some degree. You, keep, you create a new one of sorts? Like, is it expanded? I don't, I don't know what that looks like. You know. All right. Uh, on to women's basketball. Kaylee Woolston, we just mentioned, won the Hawaii North Shore Showcase MVP. Is she the clear MVP for BYU this season? You could argue that, but I would say that Lauren Gustin is the real foundation there. What she's doing on the glass is unbelievable. She's scoring a bunch of points as well. Obviously, Kaylee Wilson is carrying the load that Nani Falatea kind of had last yeah. year. Nani's out, uh, hopes to return soon. But yeah, she's been unbelievable, man. You could argue for MVP, but I would say Lauren Gustin is pretty yeah, you, good still. We all love how open Kaylee Wilson is for a bunch of these threes, right? Well, that's because Lauren Gustin is typically double teamed or triple teamed, and she's a good passer, and it gets cycled around, and Wilson's open for three. So Lauren Gustin, in a roundabout way, is really opening things up for Kaylee Wilson to be able to have better looks at the basket. So it's, for me, it's Gustin still. Rate that Thanksgiving food, overrated or underrated? Colton Potter, what do you have? Ooh. Let's start with turkey. Overrated or underrated? I think it's uh, like a slightly overrated. 
for me, it's just overrated. Yeah. However, the the smoked turkey, the the barbecue turkey, that that is so good. But yeah. in general, overrated for me. Yeah. It's overrated. so messy. It takes so much to create. Yeah. Overrated. Overrated. Yeah. All next. right. Uh, consensus there. Next one, pumpkin pie. You go just first. Just properly rated. I, it's it's awesome. It's not under or over. It's just rated. I think I'm it's when I eat it, I am whelmed. I think it's a little overrated. Oh, oh a little bit overrated. Like too much attention on the pumpkin mm. pie. There are so many other good pies. Okay. Like why is pumpkin pie always the bell of the ball at Se Thanksgiving? Because why? seasonal. Because right after, you know. <laughs> It's, it's like a really good song you hear on the radio, but it's played too much. That's, how, that's what pumpkin pie is created. So I like it. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. Whipped cream on top. But it, it's just, come on, share the wealth. Next. All right, last one, cranberry sauce. Oh my Over, gosh. Yeah. Get it off the table already. What? It, it's just tradition? That's just why we have it up there? I don't want, no. It's no. just tradition. Yeah. It, it, we just do it because we have been doing it. The most overrated Thanksgiving food of all time. They are the UCLA of Thanksgiving food. In which sport? Football. 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 They are the UCLA football of Thanksgiving foods. That's just so pathetically sure, and traditionally overrated. Thank you. Yeah. Big Cat, he's here to stay. Nice. <laughs> Check out the Elite Eight. We got a great one for you on ESPN Plus Friday night. BYU and North Carolina. Are you kidding me? 8 Eastern time from Southfield. It's going to be in the 30s and cold. Friday night, baby. Up next, just a couple of national champions in hey, Studio B. Let's go. BYU soccer head coach Brandon Gilliam and goalie Chris Jenkinson join us next to recap winning yet another championship. So many championships. This is BYU Sports Day. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, everyone. And join us, won't you, in the Cougar Council Room for a conversation with the team that just won another national championship. Yeah, BYU baby. men's soccer is here. Congratulations. Yeah, Head nicely Coach Brandon done. Gilliam and we love Chris Natties. Jenkinson. Uh, outstanding goalkeeper, awesome, fantastic, well done again. Thank you, thank you for having us on, appreciate it. Uh, is it, is it um, you know, as fun winning like the fifth and sixth years, four in a row, like how do they compare as you continue to stack these up now? Uh, every year's different, Yeah. like you can't do the same thing, expect to have it work, and so this year actually for me and our staff was probably a little bit more special because there's a lot of tweaks we had to figure out this year okay. with injuries, just chronic injuries, nothing big, but a lot of players not coming in fully fit. So there's a lot of adjustments this year to make sure that this happens. So, so you had to coach them up. Had to do a lot more work, nice. a lot more stress outside <laughs> the games. Okay, you don't allow a goal yeah. in the entire tournament. Not one. I mean, you shut out everybody. A clean sheet for the tournament. Not bad for the keeper here. How, how are you able to pull that up? Like what, what went into that? Well, obviously, it's, it's nice to know that no other team celebrated against you, Man. Which, is, which is cool. But obviously, a big props to this is to our defensive line. Um, I'm, the, I'm the last person, and a lot of times I'm not even, you know, making sure that we keep zero on the board. A lot of the time, it's, it's that back line. And we have, we have such a stellar back line um, that sometimes makes my job really easy. Okay. Were you bored at all, ever? <laughs> Come on, guys. Let me, get Let me get involved here. Yeah, he was active. And in the Georgia Tech game, he was very involved. So, you know, there's always going to be one or two games that the goalkeeper has to 
win it for you, right? And you're not always going to score goals. And Georgia Tech, he came up huge. What do you remember from that game specifically, Chris? It was 0-0. And you know, I actually thought we were going to go to penalties immediately after um, regulation play. And so in my head, it was like, we have to get to penalties. We, like, we have to. If, obviously, if our attack wasn't working out so good, um, at least keep a zero on our board. And that's what we were able to do. In soccer, that's what you aim to do, right? You can at least uh, control. We can control, control that part, right? If if not, get a goal later. Keep a zero. You have a chance. Yes. Okay. Yes. You beat right? Florida, Straight up. Arizona Straight up. State, UConn, Georgia Tech, UCLA, Virginia Tech. Football wishes it had gone through that game <laughs> as well, and and basketball, right? That's pretty impressive. Which game was it? Georgia Tech. Were you most nervous in? Was it was it that game? I mean, that one went into extra time. We played an extra 20 minutes. So it was 0-0 at the end of the game. So that one put us into the, the longest stretch of challenge. Uh, there's a lot of teams that challenge us. Everybody kind of knows who we are. And that same statement I just said is how they step onto the field. If we can keep a zero on the board, we're still in the game. And so they play defense for their lives, right? And Georgia Tech was the ones who pulled it off the best. And so it took a little extra to, to pull that one off. 73 match unbeaten streak. Um, <laughs> it's hard for me to sit here and be like, you guys need to do more. Uh, <laughs> like, come on, what? So what, what's the next step for BYU soccer? Um, I mean, you, you constantly rotate players out, right? So we saw a big senior class going out this year, put together our spring schedule and try to challenge ourselves the best we can with any team who's willing to play Division One, Division Two, and go see you know, how we stack up in different areas. Um, and then get back at it. I don't know, it's, it's hard to keep, that's the hardest part as a, a staff is, how do you motivate them year after year? How do you keep them wanting more? Um, and that's always the question that mm. we talk about in off season. What is it about uh, BYU men's soccer that was so attractive for you, Chris, to want to play here? Because certainly one day we hope that men's soccer is an NCAA sport here, yeah. and then you can attract uh, you know, all, the, all the talent that you want. But obviously this is a talent group that continues to win. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it honestly goes back to, like, when I was really, really young. I mean, I always came to games at South um, for men's and women's. And it was just – it was it just felt like the place that I needed to be. Um, but since being on the team, the, the team is honestly incredible, where it's like, obviously, we love winning. Um, but there's so much bigger culture that you, that you don't see that are off, off scenes. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly giving devotionals every single practice, every single game. Um, pray before every game, pray before every practice. Like, that's just not something you have everywhere. Yeah. And I think that's easy to, to kind of take for granted, especially in Provo, Utah. Um, but it's honestly really been cool to grow close to my teammates, not only on the soccer field, but um, off the soccer field, in the hotel, um, going out to eat, whatever, whatever it might be. And so I think since joining the team, I've had a greater appreciation of like, like this, is, this is a really, really special team and a really special place to be. Um, but before that, I mean, it just felt like yeah. this is the team I want to be a part of. Head coach Brandon Gilliam and his goalie star Chris Jenkinson are on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, let's just say hypothetically that BYU matches up with the NCAA national champion in, in any of those teams over the last few years. How do you feel like you would stack up against – any of those three teams that have, that have hoisted that trophy? Let's just say that the way teams play us is the way we'd have to play them. We're a good team, but matching up with your top 10 is a different place. Um, and so I, we go in the spring, we play against really good teams, but that top 10 group 
is a little bit different. And you would see us play a little bit more of a defensive, less offensive. Okay. And we'd have to hold them. We'd have to have the same mentality that our opponents usually have against us. Can we hold on to a zero and maybe get something at the end of this? So, so the men's soccer has been an extremely successful club. When you played, and, and I got involved with men's soccer here, you were in the Premier Development League, essentially like the single-A kind of yeah. rookie league of, of you know, uh, soccer in the United States in that tier structure. There's not, like an, there's not like another step for BYU, right, to where you can challenge yourself in another way? Like, is this where you're going to be for the foreseeable future? Because the PDL, when you played, you guys were good. 06 yeah. and 07 PDL was, was awesome. incredible. And it was the competition that yeah. really excited us, but the time frame for a college program was really bad, playing – May, June, and July, it just wasn't a good setup for us. And like the 30-year-old Mexican dude <laughs> against these BYU kids, it was like a weird setup. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's like uh, out of shape but still got the footwork. Right. Like it was fun. So, I mean, it's nice now. You can go say, hey, our first home opener is against Utah. That excites people, mm -hmm. right? But we'd say, hey, our first opener is against Fresno Fuego, and everybody's like, Fresno State? Sorry, who? Right? Orange County Blue Star? Yeah. Who's that? But these teams yeah. are producing players into the MLS. They're yes. fantastic teams, but nobody has any clue who they are. So the flip side is competition's lower, but the excitement behind the games is a lot higher because mm. people know who they are. Sure. Yeah. Right? So it helps out a lot. But as far as stepping stones to something else, there's just nothing we can do in a college program. I mean, there are hopes and talks that uh, the collegiate, collegiate club is actually massive. There's 450 men's teams. Oh, that's There's huge. There's 350 women's teams. It's a wow. really big organization. Yeah. Now, if U.S. soccer could step in and say, hey, we want to run this and let's run it professionally mm. and put rankings and let's get everything, mm. then I think it could make a little bit of a shift nationwide to something a little bit bigger. But as it stands, like we're just going to go make the best program we can every year and wherever they want to put us will be a great program no matter what. Awesome. Success is difficult. Sustained success is is the real challenge, and you've yeah. done that. Congratulations you. to you, Brandon, and you, Chris. Amazing another stuff. one. An an that's right, DJ Khaled. Let's, let's go. go. Let's I go. can't name another line he's ever said, but I know that one. We're building up some hate, I'll tell you that. Every time we show up, there's, you go to the finals, and every single team comes just to cheer for us to lose. That's, that's, that's when you know you're good. Yeah. That's when you know you're good. Every team it. we play, they, it's the national championship for them. So yeah. Yeah. we yeah. always got to come out with our heart on the sleeve. And well, way to send them home disappointed. Hey, those yeah. Teams don't have a 6'8 keeper. No, they I don't. I can tell you that, that much. Helps. Let's yeah. go. Thanks, guys. Well, Appreciate thanks. you guys. Okay, men's hoops taking on Arizona State tomorrow night on Thanksgiving. Late game. Pre-game starts at 11 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. BYU and the Sun Devils. And it's Jaron's favorite part of the week. Know the foe. Oklahoma State edition. How much do you know about the Cowboys and random facts around them? This is BYU Sports Nation. I know every single thing ever. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio B. We moved to the big board. It's time to play Know the Foe Oklahoma State Edition. Colton Potter, what do you have for us as we try and guess how much we know about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State? I know that. Okay, we'll have to rapid fire these ones, but we'll start with this. Oklahoma has the highest concentration of tornadoes per square mile anywhere in the world. How many tornadoes a year go through Oklahoma? 50, 60, 70, or 80? Who's answering? Uh, let's go with you, Jeremy. And we lost the video. <laughs> what was it, 50, 60, 70, or 80? Um, let's go, let's go 70. I know not. Oh, Yay! 70. Okay. 
Rapid fire, Jerem's up one zip, let's go. All right, Mike Gundy is the second longest tenured coach in college football, who is the next closest of any Big 12 coach currently in the Big 12. Oh, yeah. Matt Campbell at Iowa State, Kalani at BYU, Chris Kleiman, Kansas State, or Dana Holgerson at Houston. I'm gonna go Chris Kleiman, Kansas State. Oh, is it Matt Campbell? I think, hold on, I get answered. I think it's Matt. It is Matt yes. Campbell. Would have Damn. accepted two answers, Matt Campbell or Kalani oh, Satake, both, both same okay. season. Okay, okay we'll finish with this. Lottie I won, I won Lottie one! Williams, an Oklahoma resident, Let's is the go. only person who has ever done what? Female to play football for Oklahoma State, been hit by space trash, been stu struck by lightning seven times, what? or won the lottery 30 times. 30? No way, come on. I'm gonna go been hit Wait, by space trash. Wait, is it my trash. turn? Is it, it's my turn, right? I say space trash, what do you say? <laughs> it's space trash. What? what is that? What is space trash? You'll have to stick around and find out after the show. <laughs> what? Floating what nonsense. What is this? Floating nonsense. Uh, <laughs> All right, our question of the day. What? Lottie Williams? In the traditional Thanksgiving meal, which BYU team represents which food on the table? And our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Sarah Bobo on X. Turkey is football. It's the yeah. center of attention, and most people like it. Pies are men's basketball. Almost everyone likes it, and it is the life of the party. Rolls are women's soccer. Everyone likes them, and they do not disappoint. Okay, this not, is great submission. Not, not enough volleyball for me here. <laughs> not, not enough <laughs> volleyball. Today's Rise is shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Why don't we give it to all the people behind the scenes that help these BYU teams travel during the holidays that in many cases are away from their families. Women's volleyball got the shaft from the league and they are out on the road this entire week. So shout out to uh, them, obviously. Men's hoops playing on Thanksgiving. Women's hoops coming back from Hawaii and so on and so forth. Hal and Feely driving the BYU football truck yep. to Stillwater on yep. Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah, so many people to make BYU up. Shout out. Great. Our thanks to today's guests, Aiden Robbins, Brandon Gilliam, and Chris Jenkinson. Sorry, Dennis, ran out of time. Happy Thanksgiving, though, Dennis. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Brock Trejo. Good one. Yeah, baby. Go Cougs! Dr. Happy Thanksgiving! Trejo.